Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I am an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back. Hi, friends. To Bitches, Witches, and Queers, and... Whatever the fuck your podcast is. It's constantly... Whatever. It's just gonna, like, wake up with a life of its own. It's we'll go from there. Wake up with a life of its own. I love it. And become sentient. (laughs) What animal is this podcast? Yeah, this is my creative process. (laughs) just a blob what is the life you want to take on because i'll facilitate that but you gotta tell me what you want to do <laughs> we did this really amazing thing and i i do want to take a moment uh to to talk about my incredible coach sora Schilling. Oh, yes uh Love and devoted voice. energy coaching school um i they're they're enrolling for their next uh mm. session and um so yeah, I just wanted to talk about it for a minute, but specifically you just mentioned the energy of yes. your podcast, right? Yeah. So one of the things that we're going through right now that's really blowing my mind is like meeting the energy of our business. So that was like, oh, that was an experience yes. and like she gave this incredible example, which just cracked me up and is like very similar to like the idea of codependence. And that's like someone comes to your door and they're like, hi, I'm your neighbor. And you're like, hi. You're going to be my best friend, and I need two meals a week and a latte when I'm feeling sad. And, like, immediately just make all of these demands and deciding what it is. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that's, like, a lot of how we tend to treat our our creative projects and our businesses and our passions is, like okay, I need you to now fulfill me in this way. Yeah. And it's like, we just fucking met. Yes. So, like, the, the like, we, we went in. I love in, that framework so much. <laughs> I know, but it was so incredible because she took us through this journey, and this is, like, a part of um, energy coaching, but, like, we went through and, like, we went into liminal space, energy space, and we met uh, the energy of our business and just met it and was, like, I'm I basically, like, for me, I was, like, apologizing for, like, sorry that I've been making all these demands of you. I just want to meet you and find out what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Because you are not me. Yeah. You are something that's like coming from me yes. and like a part of me, but like mm. not me. It has its own essence, what yes. it wants to be. Yeah. And so meeting that in this space was just like really incredible because it allows you to come at this thing from a more aligned perspective mm-hmm. and collaborative and like, collaborative oh, yes we love collaborative i think we talked about this a little bit last time um i think we maybe brought up at some point i don't remember whether we were actually recording or not but um the book big magic by liz yeah. gilbert and that's one of the things that she talked about in that book that really changed my perspective on creativity because she looks at her creativity as an outside force that has mm-hmm. a will of its own yeah. um and like all of her creative projects have a like a desire within themselves to become a specific thing. And so for Mm -hmm. her, it's like partnering with her creative process, partnering with her creative projects to allow them to become what they actually want to become. Yeah. It's a powerful way of Mm -hmm. releasing control. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, honestly like this, uh, this course has been one of the most amazing decisions I've made. Um, I am not sure at this point what, specific spot energy coaching has within my work yet but like like anything that i'm following that i felt like deeply resonated with me that's okay like i don't need to know yet but i like the the amount of change that's happened to me from being witnessed in practice and witnessed by sora herself and the trainers has like radically altered like my view of myself because what's amazing about this is like a lot of training programs for like a skill you're learning in class and you're practicing with like a group or, you know, Mm -hmm. this, like you're not only practicing 
with the group, in front of a group, you're individually practicing. Yeah. So that means that by the end of the course, yes. you've, you've gotten like 200 hours, if you want, of like being energy coached yes, and energy exactly, coaching. Exactly. It's like you get, you get, it's like having intense support, like in a way that I don't think I've ever had in such a small concentrated amount of time, which oh. I think it's like a seven month. So it's not oh, that small, that so it's much. fucking amazing. I love that so much. I think there is something to just like, um, I love it because I've heard you name that a couple of times, just like not being sure where energy coaching fits into like the grander scheme of what you're doing in the world. And also like, I feel like I would not be surprised to know that you operate similarly, but that's been the story of my life in so many ways mm. is I'll like pick up a thing and I'm like, I have no idea why this feels resonant right now, but it does. But it does. And then like five years later, I still like, um, I, I crack up when I think about it. The first time I ever read a good example of this is the first time I ever read Pema Chodron. Um, and it was, I want to say practicing peace in times of war was the book mm. that I picked up. And I just, I literally saw the title and was like, oh yeah. Mm. And this is like There's high level there. Buddhist, like, like perspective. And I was still deeply, <laughs> deeply, this was like. 2012 I was like in 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 the evangelical church like there was no that was one of my first entrances into a different thought system Mm. but like I look back and in retrospect I'm like what was 2012 Audra thinking (laughs) like what the fuck was I thinking um because I would have had no no idea but then like that is the author that just like whose perspective sustained me through this the Mm. loss of my spouse literally almost a decade later Mm. And, like, has become such a, a, like, grounding sense of foundation in my life in general. Mm. But I couldn't know that, that at the time. And the same, I did, like, um, a yin yoga teacher training in, like, 2017. And I remember at the time being, like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't plan to teach yoga, but it feels correct. Mm. And, like, now I'm incorporating that into the work that I'm doing with um, the Love Culture platform and, like, cannabis meditations and all of these mm. things. It's, like just another way of connecting me to my body that I didn't know I was going to need mm. the way that I needed it. Yeah. And I didn't know how it was going to work into like my work in the world, mm. but it is. Yeah. And you're going to find that same thing, like whatever it ends up being, whether it's yeah. just like your own personal edification or at some point like, Oh, I'm going to teach this or use this in this specific modality. I it's... love that you just use the word edification. <laughs> I just, I just want to name that. I, have, I, think I don't think I've heard that since day, Bible college. At the end of the day, in my... Um, <laughs> it's a good word. <laughs> in my fibers, I am still... <laughs> I am still that girl. <laughs> I just had to name that. Um, <laughs> Thank my you. My own that. edification. Yes. Yeah. For, for damn sure. And, you know, I think, like, uh, I think a lot of me has let go of, like, the needing to know, like, the usefulness in Ugh. capitalism of yes. something yep. like it it's hard because it's still like a monetary investment and i need money to exist in the world but like there is a like for me like in my body it just feels so nice to release mm-hmm. the need to like completely understand yeah and rather to just accept in the moment what this is giving yep. to me i think did, I feel like you posted something similar on Instagram the other day in a reel or something about just like, what if everything doesn't have to be a thing? It can just be like, <laughs> like something yeah. that you're doing because it I, like feels good and you enjoy it. I told Renee I want that on my tombstone. We, yeah. were, we were kayaking and, <laughs> and she was like, she was talking about like hobbies or whatever. And I was like, yeah, not everything has to be a goddamn thing. Yes. Like it just fucking doesn't. And like yes. capitalism has taught us that like, if you have a hobby, you need to monetize it. Yes. Or, like, especially has told women and femmes this. Uh-huh. Then the it, church taught us that if everything has to have meaning. So, yeah, like, those two yeah. forces working together, like, capitalism, everything has to have the meaning of being monetized. And the church, everything has to have, like, some big, deep, eternal, like, grand contribution to the story. Yeah, and I don't want to fucking say it does, and you don't need to know what that is. No, exactly. exactly. Like, you <laughs> yes. can just, like... And enjoyment can be the meaning, and that you enjoy it can be the meaning. Like, it doesn't... 
I think the the spiritual thing within the church was like it has to have a meaning that makes sense to other people within yes. this system. Yes. And it's just like what if the meaning is just what I if, like to stab things with a needle and like yes. that's what I'm going to be doing in the evenings yep. all winter. What if pleasure is its own fucking purpose? Like, yeah. The, it is. Why do you think the clitoris exists? It literally it is. It sustains like, us. Pleasure is its own purpose. And I think that, like, one of my favorite pieces about aging has been rooting more and more into that. Like, mm. not everything has to be a thing. Yeah. Not everything has to have a meaning beyond, this feels good right now. It feels correct. Oh, my God. I have to, I have to share something that's going to crack you up. Because Tell me I, everything. Um, I learned something from Beth Moore. <laughs> I know, I know, all right. I kind of just wanted to end it there, but (laughs) I said this to I said this to Renee, and she like fell off her paddleboard. Um, (laughs) The absolute last thing I was expecting to come. I know, right? I know. Okay, so when I was deep in evangelicalism, I had broken just broken up with my boyfriend of seven years, and um, was moving to Kansas City. And Beth Moore had just released a book on insecurity. And I had never, I like, I'd heard about being insecure. I was called insecure a lot um, by, pe- by like, intimate partners, not by most people. But I, like, was basically crippled with insecurity. And my dad bought me this book. And I remember going to, like, Barnes & Noble and getting it. You know, it was, like, a hardback book. I never got new books. I was excited about it. This book actually, like, really radically changed my life and paved the way for me to, like, leave. Yeah. Um, because in it... There was a lot of a lot of actual I mean this is me remembering, you know, ten years ago, so yeah. don't go read the book. I'm not recommending it. <laughs> do by, not do that. By any means. There's so much better out there. But for me it was like, oh, there's like here's some of the psychology beyond behind um, like insecurity and like there was actually some psychology in yeah. there, which I had yeah. not I had not had access to. Yes. So I was like really like, you know, informed by it for and where was, you were at the time it was like progressive it was yes 100%. wild coming from beth moore <laughs> for those who don't know there's a woman with big hair in texas who just left the southern baptist convention because of racism yay racism which uh which is uh no. i don't know anything else so anyway um oh, what i learned southern from beth baptist moore convention. was was something about aging mm-hmm. and she said at the time, this was really radical for me. She's like, everyone gets the same amount of youth. There's no reason to be envious or to lord your youth over anyone else. Everyone gets the same amount. Mm. And it always fades to something else. Yeah. Like, you can try to hang on to it, but, like, it doesn't matter. Like, no one gets more or less. And, like, to me, that was such an equalizer. I was like, oh, like, there's no reason actually to be jealous as I get older. Because everyone gets the same amount. Everyone gets the same amount. And the people that we're, like, looking at at this point going, God, I wish I had your youth, are also going to be at this point not that far from now and going, oh, God, I wish I had my, your youth to someone else. Yeah, it doesn't, like, there's no, there's no use in being... Mm -hmm. And spending time in that place oh. because, like, it's now. It's all finite. <laughs> so anyway, I learned something from Beth. <laughs> I learned something from Beth. When I was deeply oh, evangelical, God. that has stayed with me. It's interesting <laughs> though, like, because I, I think I've had to like respect the fact that that is the that's the process out, like the only way out. Like I can yeah. look back and think how like. I read books, and I want to say it was, like, David Platt. Um, I read Radical by David Platt, and I read... Uh, Blue Like Jazz? Resistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne. And Blue Like Jazz, yeah, Donald Miller was a frequent flyer in my, my reading list. Um, and, like, it's so funny, because, like, looking back, these are all authors and books that I'm, like, I could poke holes in all day long. Yeah. And yet, at the exact time that I consumed them, I needed those those like pieces of information that they offered me very much i needed the freedom and the like reframing that they offered me in order to like take the next step out because you literally like you don't get to where we are by just like one day waking up in conservative christian like circles and then being like 
okay, I'm just going to be a gender squishy, queer, spiritual, witchy. If you do, you'd have a psychotic breakdown. You'd have a psychotic breakdown. Reasonably. We had to take tiny steps out. Like, you needed Beth more. Do you know who Audra Assad is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love. Okay. I listened to a podcast where she was interviewed. It was like. 2018 was when I listened to it. I think it was before then. But what she said is, I'm building rooms for people to meet in this space. And then I leave and go to the next room. Uh She was like, she's Catholic, I think, or became Catholic. I don't know at that point. point. But she was like evolving. And I don't know where she is now. But like the... You you should look her up. I should probably... You will love everything about her. I should probably look her up. But like the... I just loved that. Because it was just like the understanding... That I'm not building a fucking castle here. Yeah. I'm creating a space in this, like, exactly what you're saying, for people in this space yes. to meet here. And yes. I was like, is that not what we're all doing? It's exactly <laughs> like, ugh. I sat yesterday, um, I had a, a therapy, and then I just was, like, sitting and having coffee. And I was trying to write, trying to write a bio for myself and a class description of a workshop that I'm leading in September. Um... And that shit is the hardest stuff for me to write ever. Like mm-hmm. I, I can write anything and everything, but I can't, I have the hardest time writing about myself and the work that I do and like what mm-hmm. I want to contribute to the world because it's so squishy and there are so many like elements and layers of it. Mm-hmm. But like the thing I kept coming back to is like, I want to create as many pathways to curiosity and exploration as I can for mm-hmm. as many people as I can. And what that looks like is so similar to that, like the concept of the rooms, because for some people, what they need in terms of like permission to explore is to listen to a conversation like this Mm -hmm. and they can listen to it in private and they don't have to do anything with it. And no one else has to know, like they don't have to be like out of any closets or anything like that in order. Like the first step of exploration is always, always just like watching someone else forge a path that you have not seen before it's always just like bearing witness yeah so like podcasting and writing but that's like one of the rooms i'm creating where people can very like gently and quietly and privately start to like be exposed to ways of experiencing the world that maybe they haven't seen before Mm. and then like i also want to create containers where people are like actively working to like rebuild new pathways for their own lives and stuff like so like all of these different rooms with different levels of investment and buy-in but at the end of the day yeah we're just building rooms like yeah we're just building rooms in which people can get what they need for their specific time frame yeah and like i don't think there's a a bang in my eye um i don't think you can build a room for a place you haven't been and i don't think you can i don't think like you can keep them like, like the space that we hold is like, is going to have the essence of us in it. Yeah. And by nature, you are going to divide people from who's ready for that and who's not. Yeah. And like, that is really up to those people. Yes. You know, yeah. like there's, there's just like, at the end of the day, you are the one that is the room. Yes. Yep. <laughs> because you're in it. Like, avoid, like, and I, I, I love that, like, you, you talked about, like, the authors that you, like, were your gateways out, and I mentioned Beth Moore and, <laughs> like, Jazz and, like, whatever these are, like, um, oh, how thou sh- how shall we now live, I think was one of, like, the ones that I, like, mm-hmm. which, like, yep. these are not meant to be books that lead people out no, no. by any means no they're no. not and the energy of the person who created it in that particular space yeah. was an energy that gave space for yeah. something in us to expand beyond Absolutely. what we were and that could not be manufactured no and we also got to decide what we did with the information in that room. And for you and I, it's been a yeah. constant process of like, okay, what's the next room? Mm-hmm. Because there are people who read Radical by David Platt and they're still sitting in that room. Right, yeah. And that's like as far as they can commit to going. So they're still inside the church and they're like living by these like pieces of information that they received in this room. Mm-hmm. But they're not ready to go any further. But I think for you and I, it's always been a, 
like always been a process of like okay I've sat in this room and learned this thing what now like what's next because like yeah I want to go further down the rabbit hole and into the next room well we were taught like and I think this is true of a lot of I mean maybe all ex-evangelicals like Mm -hmm. we were taught a very radical form of religion Mm -hmm. we were taught to like we were taught martyrdom and extreme dedication so it in at least in my mind it was it was like unethical and irresponsible Mm -hmm. not to go to the end with exploring the depth of of what this means i followed it to its natural conclusion like yeah i yeah same I've, i've never been able to like sit in a space and just be like okay this is like this is just where I'm gonna land because yeah I, I have that same spirit that's like it doesn't feel right to me <laughs> to be like yeah I was sharing about that this morning actually in a video kind of like the the idea like we, we were in something that claimed to be like the one thing it claimed to be everything yeah. and so it, it's easy for us now to like want to find something and I still catch myself like finding a new belief and being like, oh, oh like yeah. I found oh, whatever, and then get disenchanted with it and realize like, nope, I'm back here with me again. Yeah. And like, but but that like, that disenchanted. Yeah. With this one thing being the answer, continued to lead us out, out. because it's like, nothing is that profound. Like, yeah. but humanity. Yeah. Like nothing yes. is that profound, but you. Yes. So there will not be any one thing outside of yourself yeah. that is able to actually hold yes. all of no. what your life is bringing to you. Yep. It's funny. Amanda and I had this conversation in therapy a couple of weeks ago. I'm in a very tender space right now in terms of like my relationship structure and like the ways that I want to connect with people. Because like I exactly what you said like we were kind of groomed in ways to like take on an identity and make it the whole of ourselves yeah and like I have spent my whole life finding that anytime I assign a label to myself I outgrow it like they're they're always feels true like limiting it it feels limiting at some point like I I can always tell I was telling her like um I have never put a label on myself outside of queer. Queer is the only one that this has not happened to. And I think it's because it's so fucking expansive. It's just a rainbow. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's literally for me just another world, word for, like, the cosmos. Like, it's, everything is contained within it. Yeah. Um, but I, I was telling Amanda, I was like, every time I, I find a label and assign it to myself, there always comes a day where I feel myself bumping up against the walls of that label. And mm. I'm doing that with polyamory right now. Mm. And, like, having these moments of, like, looking around myself and looking at this structure and looking at the ways in which it, too, can become limiting and, like, cause me to fall into this dogmatic state of, like, oh, but I can't, like, I can't forsake the values of the label. (laughs) And Amanda was like, Amanda was like, but what if your expansiveness is going to take you beyond that into mm-hmm. a space that you haven't yet explored. Like what if what if even even this yeah. like this current most expansive iteration of who you are still cannot be confined to a label. Mm. Um and it's it's so tender because every time it happens, every single time I have like a moment of like grief and guilt and shame. Mm. And I think it's like old leaving the church energy, like the the same like guilt and shame that I felt when I initially left the church and was like, but who the fuck am I if not this? this. (laughs) Like if not this, then what? Yeah. Um, It's a, I mean, it's an identity death, which means it's an ego death. It's an ego death that happens every single time, but I'm, I've come to like largely anticipate it. Um, and like be grateful for the fact that essentially what I'm doing is just becoming myself. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm becoming a version of myself that is open to orienting in whatever way works. 
Like, yeah. literally actually works for my life right now. Um, which is just you. Which is just me. Like, it's it's one of the reasons why, like, it's it's sometimes confusing for me when I have the gender conversation with people. Because, like, I, I consider myself genderqueer. Again, because, like, queerness is the only thing that feels expansive enough for me. Yeah. Um, but it's always so interesting because, like, I... I'm just me. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, I just, I love who I love in the way that I love them for the reasons that I love them. And it's all so very specific to me that, like, assigning it a, a box to be put inside doesn't even, like, it doesn't even make sense to my brain. Yeah. Okay, so I have a theory on this. Oh, say more. Love a theory. I think, um, I think that, like, in in the stages of like human development there have been different things that we've needed to sustain ourselves and like if you're looking at spirituality as like a like a necessary part of humanity which i think it is Mm -hmm. then you've got like um spiral dynamics right you've got the the spirituality aspects that go up and like shift right so to me when i hear when i hear (laughs) things like what you're saying uh, which I'm hearing a lot from millennials. Some hi, hi taco. Um, from millennials, but mostly like the generation below us. Yes, they're like, but like you know, we come up with new labels, and then they're like, but it's not, you know, it's not enough. Yeah, I think I think that we in the past as a species have needed labels more, mm-hmm. but we're expanding and growing in a way where we can be without yes and we have the capacity or greater capacity now as a species to sit with with undefined things with human beings like so it's interesting because like i feel like what i've noticed is that people um i'm gonna lose this thought (laughs) (laughs) oh no um, people like look to, damn it, there was something with vertical morality that was connecting here. What was I just saying? <laughs> the cat came in the room. <laughs> this is what happens. Okay. So like my, my neurodivergent brain is trying to track, track us back. Spiral dynamics. Spiral dynamics. Um, we have been in a place historically in society where we have needed labels yeah. But millennials and Gen Z are kind of like evolving out of that. Yeah. Yeah. We're like at a place where we can actually sit with the, with the like lack of knowing yeah. exactly what Ugh. something is. And like. Oh, I hate it so much. Sometimes. Yeah. Be- because, <laughs> much because we are like in the place of expanding. So we're not quite there yet. Yeah. And there's there's those of us who are like in this space of being with this particular transition mm-hmm. of our like possibility of being with yeah. what you know what what isn't quite definable oh this is what i was going to say it's easy it. it's yay <laughs> it's easy to control something you can define yes yes and it's really hard to mm. be with and control something that you can't define because it requires relationship. It requires yes. respect and it requires understanding and belief without needing to actually define it. Yeah. So that that kind of nuance oh. and a, a capacity to be with what you cannot control yeah. is a level of growth and spirituality that our like whole culture is like desperately in need of and many of us are like trying to move into we're trying so hard it's like we're in the midst of some serious growing pains yes and because it feels so unsafe like i think one of the things that's like really challenging um about that is like i've spent a lot of time this year sitting on my patio staring at the trees and reading self-observation and like just sitting with the content in that book and it is literally like breaking my spirit (laughs) like in a good way it's a like it's in a good way but like so much of what has come to me from the experience of reading that material has been like the idea of 
radical presence, like to a truly radical degree, just being present in the body with what is. Because mm-hmm. I've had so many moments where I like start to realize when I'm spiraling, if I'm if I'm having like a, a spinny brain moment and I'm like way up here, like I'm all up in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, if I drop into my body and actually look at my surroundings and like let myself exist in where the moment is, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. there have been so many moments I've been sitting on the patio and like spiraling out about like parenting stuff or grief stuff or relationship stuff. And I'm like spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. And then I have a moment where I'm like, okay, drop into the body. In this exact moment in time, mm-hmm. are you okay? <laughs> like, are you okay at this moment? Mm, and like, yeah. and I start to look around and I'm like, Oh no, actually this moment is perfect. Like I'm, I'm literally like sitting in my favorite place in the world and I'm drinking a cup of coffee and I'm loved by a lot of very good people Mm. and I have a life that is full of interest and adventure and care and connection. You know what's so beautiful (sighs) about that is there's so much both and to what you're saying. Like, what you're sharing is, like, the tool that you use to bring yourself back to the present moment. But the fact that you feel and experience what you do makes you closer to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, what a what a beautiful thing to be able to, like, be with and witness yourself in. It's like, this, yes. is, this is so human. It's so human. And also, like, it's given me... I'm going to talk about God for a second. Because... <laughs> I'm going to talk about God. I'm in, like, this moment of really coming into a new space in my my like concept of god because mm. i'm like for from all of 2022 i have a journal entry from december of 2021 where i i think this like landed with me for the first time the idea of like god as the sky and everything under it yeah yeah and i've been like sitting with that in contemplation for most of 2022 and like what i'm realizing is if I truly believe that God is love and God is also the sky and everything under it, then I am not separate from love at any point. Love is inside me. Love is around me. Love is you. Love is the trees outside. Love is the earth that supports me. Like all of the things. Mm. I think what happens is like, we have access to all of this love and connection and beauty, but we get so fucking attached to very specific micro expressions of God. Mm -hmm. Like, because like every person I know, I consider a manifestation of God, like a Mm -hmm. micro expression of God. Yeah. And so like, if God is the sky and everything under it, and God is love, I am never separate from love. And I cause myself deep suffering, (laughs) like, unending existential pain when I decide that this one specific manifestation of love has to fit into this exact box (laughs) in order for me to feel loved and be happy. Fuck that. You know what that comes from? That's a lack of capacity. That's a trauma response. Yeah. Because we don't have the capacity to be with the expansiveness of change and the flowing nature of love so our sweet little brains and souls hold on to these tiny expressions and that they can make sense of yeah and and cling to that and say like this is it yes i found the thing yeah i found the thing like the thing that's gonna like make me feel loved and like yeah Yeah. i need it forever always such a and it's it's such a trap because i i i like i'm in this exploration um Right now, it's showing up very deeply inside one of my relationships um, because I find myself, like, it's this is one of my favorite manifestations of God. Like, this person <laughs> in this relationship is one of my favorite manifestations of God. Yeah. And it's also very unpredictable and very, like, it is the most expansive thing I have been in so far. And that's beautiful. It's, like, the most beautiful practice ground. And it's also terrifying because that little part of my system is, like, but I need to be able to... Like predict it. I need. I, yeah. I need to be able to like. Can it just be a little bit more organized? I, yeah. And... <laughs> I need to like map it out and like be able to put it on a calendar and a schedule and know where it's going, and like. 
all of the things. Mm. And it's like my, my entire life is asking me right now, but what, what if, (laughs) yeah, what if, if you could let go of that part of you that wants to cling and control that manifestation of God and just be with it. Mm -hmm. I want to like hold the nuance here. Like with what you're saying, that is your, like your experience, which is incredible and means that you are at a place where you are open and expanding in this. Yeah. And the same, if someone else yeah. needs the fucking schedule, oh, then they need, the fucking then they schedule. need it. Because honestly, I do. And like, that's I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm like sitting in that tension right now between like, I can feel myself expanding into this space. And also I'm not there yet in a lot of yeah. ways. Like I feel the tension of like my humanity and the ways that we've been taught to perceive ourselves as separate from mm-hmm. God and love. And so we have to like go find it outside of us yeah. and find it in all of these places that we can control and manipulate and manage and institutionalize yeah. and kill. Right. Dominate. <laughs> like dominate. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh no, that's it. <laughs> Fuck. It's, yeah. It's the energy of domination. It is. Damn it. It is. It always comes back to yeah. controlling and dominating life for the sake of, um, coming from a place of fear and like that I think is it is not something that heals overnight or with one realization and and again we're going back to the boxes there are phases of this that we need in our growth to create a slow growth plan towards expansion yes to allow us to be in places where we don't need to have labels and can actually be in relationship with the ever-expanding nature of what is because that's the thing is like I and that's the thing I always want to remain clear on is the fact that like the space that I've landed in this specific journey if I had tried to be here (laughs) five to seven years ago I would have blown up my whole fucking life you would have been in a pit of shame I would have been a pit of shame like I it would have been awful but like my life has just so like predictably and like beautifully masterfully given me like all of the right next steps Mm -hmm. and it's been so slow and so like painstaking (laughs) um so like giving giving like past versions of me grace and also like giving this version of me that's still like feeling that clenchiness giving her grace too of, to just like know that it's such a slow process like it is a whole lifetime of a process yeah and there's like <laughs> so so like we're talking about this like um the goal like obviously is to be with what is and to be with the expansion yeah and you don't need to be there to be whole and worthy and no. safe, secure, and loved. So, like, the the actual loving and meeting yourself in the place where you are at with all of this is what gets you mm-hmm. to have the expansiveness and yes. capacity to be with yes. a greater form of yep. that thing. 100%. But you cannot get there by shaming yourself there no. or by saying you should be here. Yes. You have to get there by, by loving the fuck, the fuck out of yourself <laughs> like, where you're yes. at. Because, like, that's because that's what it always comes back to is, like, the reality of being with what is. And yeah, what is now is very different than what was five years ago. Yes. And, and if I had tried worthy. to, like, rush myself out of what was five years ago, I mm. wouldn't be no. here now. Like, it's just been this, like, constant, I don't know, like, constant sitting with the fact that where I am right now is actually quite okay. No yeah. matter where that is. Mm-hmm. Whatever, like, whatever box. Yeah, whatever box Whatever I'm in. room, rather. Whatever room I'm in <laughs> is the correct one for the moment. Yeah. And when it's time, I'll go to the next room. Yeah. You know, and or not. Or like, not. I... I Might <laughs> stay somewhere. I want to say... Something that I've learned this year that, like, uh, kind of, like, took my ego out mm. for a hot minute was, like, mm-hmm. this, this, like, desire to, to build something and to, like... To create a space and a world, basically, where, like, there's room for all kinds of things. Sorry, I'm going to type my password, and it's so fucking long. I don't know why I did this to myself. I'm the same way. Oh, my God, mine is aggressively long. Jesus. Okay. Um, 
Now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, fuck. Again. <laughs> this is like four, day four of like four hours of sleep. Uh, same. Same, same. Sleep has not been the priority this week. Hi, <laughs> Cat. You're so pretty. Uh, what were you talking about? <laughs> what was I talking about? We were talking about being with what is. Oh, um, we were talking about um, I'm. A, it's fine for me to be in the room where I'm in, and I wanted to. Oh, I was all moved to the next room. Thank you, thank you. See how much I need you. Yes. Um, <laughs> my brain holds the things. The the uh, the the thing is, we might not see the end of what we want to build. In ourselves or in the world, the the like we only have the capacity to go where we have the capacity to go, yeah. and that's fine. That's more than fine, actually. The the what we need and have is willingness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the capacity that we have is the capacity that we have. Yeah. So again, we might stay in the room we're in. Yes. We might, yeah. if we have the support we need. And the capacity will go to the next one. But that is not for everyone. And in whatever space you're in, you are still completely worthy of loving yourself in there. And the more deeply you're able to do that and surround yourself with that, the more likely it is that you will have capacity to go somewhere else. But there's nothing wrong with being where you're at. There's nothing wrong. There's no no shame in being at any stage of the journey. That's been a, a thing like... That has honestly transformed my relationship to um, watching the people around me move through their life experiences because the the shitty part about like one of the energetics that can easily be carried from the evangelical church into post deconstruction life <laughs> is like the the like low key sometimes high key judginess of people who like aren't where you are or like don't hold the belief system that you believe I'm gonna say that this is mostly high key high key it's high key but like one of the things that I I like recognized in myself at some point is like I carried that dogma out of the church and into the rest of my life for a long time um this is a pattern of safety it's such a pattern of safety because like it it makes me feel secure in what i know and where i am it's like i if i can compare myself to this person over here and feel better about where i am cool um that's that's a hit of dopamine um (laughs) but yeah i just like i'm grateful for the fact that at this point it's made it so much easier to interact and be in like love and connection with people from my past Hmm. because like I am genuinely reaching a point where I'm like I believe to my core that there is no shame in being where you are on the journey and how far forward we can move how much we can keep going depends on our capacity Hmm. and the unfortunate reality of the world that we live in is that there are deeply rooted systems in place to limit our capacity mm-hmm. like that is a thing that has helped me as I'm communicating with people whose value systems do not align with mine is my brain is just like capacity is a real thing like the capacity for like changing your worldview it's a mm-hmm. real thing and there are concrete systems in place designed to keep people from having the capacity they need. Mm-hmm. Most of the people in the world who like have belief systems that infuriate me aren't in that space because they're terrible people. No. They're just not. Like it's and, and I, I know it feels so easy to be in that like black and white mindset. We lived there for <laughs> But again, that's a black and white mindset. <laughs> but again, but again, black and white mindset. Ugh, but like mm. I just I think there's so much value in remembering that we live in a world full of systems built to deny very specific people groups capacity. Yeah, we we were in that and we when we were in that we did not have capacity to be anything else yeah. or we would have. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yes. Yeah. I I always think I find it super interesting um 
what is the phrase that I hear people use it in like dating spheres all the time and every time it every time I hear it I'm like mm, okay <laughs> oh no like, let's unpack the nuance here <laughs> because that's who I am as a person but it's like the whole concept of like if he wanted to he would and like Ooh. I like if he if he wanted to show up for me in this way he would if he wanted to like like meet all my needs in xyz way he would all of the things and I'm like okay sure <laughs> like sure that's a dynamic in sure but yeah. also there is a very real element of if they could they would yeah and it's that both it's both and like I I deeply believe in like establishing boundaries that mean that you are treated with the care and respect that mm-hmm. you inherently deserve as a human and sometimes that means that there are people who cannot meet us where we are, which is cool. Um, but like, it's it's become more apparent to me, and I have I have had to work through this in profound ways, specifically with some of the members of my family, because I had I lived by that ethos for a long time. If they if they wanted to, they would. Like if they wanted to know me, they would. Mm. And that left me in this very dark mental space of like. They just don't want to know me. They don't give a shit. And, and I'm and like, do you know that? And do you know that? <laughs> and like, my my brain has finally acquired the nuance of like, yes, there are probably some parts of them that are actually resistant to knowing me for safety reasons, like for yeah. personal like security and mm-hmm. like protection reasons. Yeah. Um, but also sometimes, if they wanted to, they would. Is actually if they could, they would. Yeah. Like, because my, in, in a lot of ways, like, there are members of my family who do not have the capacity for me. Like, yeah. like I am on so many levels. We got a new, a new. It's very cute. Coach. She's very excited about it. I'm proud of you for doing that on there and not the carpet. I know. She's doing great. <laughs> um, but it's brought me a lot of freedom and also a lot of, like, additional capacity to relate to people with whom I have previously had very fraught relationships Mm. um it's been really helpful for me to to realize like that people can only come as far in with you as they have capacity for yeah and that's not necessarily reflective of desire no nor is it reflective of you no and I think I think maybe that um, I think maybe we're coming back to codependency. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at the root um, of everything, because the like, if if we look at people and we're like, you don't have capacity. You you either want to and you can't, or you don't want to mm-hmm. and you don't. Um, <laughs> I said that wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, it's one of those one of those two things, or maybe a fuck ton of other things. Yeah. Um, but either way, you deserve to have your needs met. And so this person might not be able to meet your needs. And that does not mean you need to stick around and be like, oh, they just can't give me what I need. No. Poor me. Like, there's... <laughs> that was rude of me. Um, <laughs> there, there's... I'm speaking from personal experience. Oh, there, there's, like, a need to, to take responsibility and be like, oh, this person can't meet my needs. So then... Yeah. What are my options here? What are my options? Yeah. Because to sit around and say, like, this person would love me if they wanted to and be there, or this person just doesn't, doesn't, isn't able to love me and yeah. stay there, yeah. is, is damaging for both of you. Yes. Yeah. Because it'll build resentment in you for Absolutely. that person either way. Like, it just, I, I think, like, being honest about people's capacities. And when there is, like, a mismatch in them, that actually, like, in, in my experience has helped me to love people much more cleanly. Yeah. Um, because when I can look at it with an objective eye and just say, I need things that you can't give me. Mm-hmm. And I have to, like, sit with what my options are. Like, what my options are. Do I just, like, remain with this? Do I, like look to have those needs met in other areas like I I take responsibility like at the end of the day what it is is I like yeah observe the capacities of both people or like all of the people involved and assess like okay what does it look like for me to take responsibility for what I need here yeah because you deserve to have your needs met and no one owes you that yes 
and we can we can like acknowledge that we need something another person can't give us mm-hmm. without dehumanizing them or pathologizing them yeah. or making it about their moral character. Yeah. I think that's our our human tendency is like is to concretize into if I have needs that you can't meet, it's because you don't love me. It's because you're not willing to work hard enough. It's because I'm not enough to like like motivate you. Yeah, and we're back to putting labels on things to feel secure. We're back to putting labels on things to feel secure when it truly can just be yeah. we're a mismatch like uh-huh. in this area. But it's it's it takes capacity to be able oh. to be with I need this and I deserve to have this. Yes. And you can't give me this right now and that doesn't make you bad. No. Yep. That has been honestly that's been like <laughs> one of the most profound pieces of work in polyamory for me has been like that exact intersection of like I have a need, it's not being met. You're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you over here are not actually doing anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't need you to change anything. I don't need anything to be different, but I do need to sit with the fact that there's like something in me that is not being met. Mm-hmm. And I can bring this to you and we can talk about whether it can be met with you or I have to take responsibility for like cultivating that elsewhere. Yeah. Um, that is such a like the tenderness of that practice just like rips my guts open it's still to this day three and a half years in on a constant basis there's constantly that tension of like oh i have to take responsibility for what i need yeah and i can sit with the fact that humans are the humans around me are all just humans Mm -hmm. and we're all limited in our own ways Mm -hmm. yeah no less worthy for the room that we're in at the moment no no less worthy. <laughs> okay, that's in there. <laughs> Do it. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.